This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 537 and the Black Crows on Rock 102. Not very good days uh, for the first couple of ones this week anyway. Cloudy early today. Afternoon thunderstorms. It ain't no Ida, but it's not going to be fun with a high of 83. Tomorrow mostly cloudy going up to 82. It's 71 in downtown Springfield. Patriots play their last preseason game last night. Scott Cohn will be here after 7 o'clock to talk about that and some other stuff too. Mm, other stuff? Yeah, it is other stuff. Uh, I didn't even have the Patriots in the uh, in the sports yet. They win? They did. Oh. Yeah, they uh, won. Yeah, uh, it's right who, there in the paper. Who did they play? The Giants. Giants. Yeah. yeah San Francisco Giants. New York. Ah, uh, New York. Giants. New York Giants. You are thinking baseball. Right. 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 So there's all of that and more. It's 538 on Rock 102. So you're ready to settle. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 551 and free on Rock 102. Indicating, if I heard correctly, that everything is all right. It's not really all right. Well, I mean, you couldn't have been said more. Well, that's, uh, you know, when you get a good hook. You mm. gotta keep saying it over and over and over again, yeah. so people get to just pound it right into their heads. I mean, you keep in mind it was written in 1971, <laughs> so it was all right now, as it, in then, or even now. I mean, it's a you can't even apply what happened in the past to today. No, necessarily, not even this, not even this moment. Never mind this weekend, this month, this year. None of it. I don't know what they're talking about. Hey, what do you say we hop yeah. into some Hollywood trash? Ed Asner from Lou Grant and Pixar's Up died yesterday of natural causes. He was 91 years old. 91. Makes you think. Yeah, it does. Asner played uh, newsroom boss Lou Grant on the classic sitcom Mary Tyler Moore Show from 1970 to 1977. He then played the same character in the drama series Lou Grant from 1977 to 1982. Which wasn't nearly as funny. Mm, well, because it was a drama. I didn't, I didn't remember that as a drama. I don't think I even remember the show. I mean, I remember that it existed. I don't think I ever watched it, and I didn't know it was a drama. It was a, it was a drama. He won uh, three Emmys for Mary Tyler Moore and two more for Lou Grant, making him one of uh, only two actors to win a comedy and drama Emmy for playing the same exact role. Hmm. Asner is probably best known these days as the voice of Carl Fredrickson, the old widower in Pixar's Up. He was doing the voice again for the upcoming Disney Plus series, Doug Days. Who, you, who are the mean? other actors who got the Emmys for both? Uh, I don't know who the other two were. Uh. Doesn't say. Do you think if they'd include a line like that, you'd say, right. hey, it's uh, this yeah. guy and this guy? Especially if there's only two. I mean, if there were ten, then yeah, right. I could sure, see but they it, might not. But if there were space issues in the story, that would probably be the first detail to go. The story has nothing to do with space. No, I'm talking about the physical amount of space oh, oh, in the story to give you all the information you need to know about the man's death. Asner also played Santa in Elf and uh, Johnny's stepfather Sid on Cobra Kai. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I just uh, I just saw this on uh, on Mass Lot. You know, Gary Brown just turned ninety. Holy cow! Well, I didn't even know he was still alive. Now nah, he's still very much alive, but he's ninety. If you have gray hair on your testicles, you probably remember Gary Brown's column. 
Yeah, just like yeah. that. Yeah. From he all used fields. to write those little quips in the yeah. paper. Yes, he did. Very quippy. Uh, last year, Carol Baskin assumed ownership of a Joe Exotic Zoo in Oklahoma as part of a legal settlement, and she has officially dismantled it. She sold it to a couple last June for 140000 but it came with a few stipulations. First off, the property cannot be used as a zoo or house exotic animals for 100 years. I'm going to sell you this <laughs> zoo filled with exotic animals, but you cannot use it as a zoo... And you can't display exotic animals. Well, there's no animals there anymore. For a hundred years, though. That is a weird stipulation to, to be putting on something. Especially if they're not newborns. And Carol Baskin won't be around in a hundred years. That's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, secondly, the owners cannot name any business on the property after Tiger King, its former name, uh, the GW Zoo, Joe's name, or even the words Tiger or Big Cat. You can't use either tiger or big cat. None Which of is, them. So how about large feline? Yeah, king feline. Yeah. I don't know if you can even use the word king. Feline royalty. top of royalty. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the top of the royalty chain. Yeah, feline. feline. Uh, Carol's husband said, quote, if it uh, became an RV park or storage unit, we don't want it named the Tiger King RV Park. We would like uh, the 20 years of mistreatment of animals there to be forgotten and to be history. Wait, is this the uh, the living husband or the one that she fed to the tigers? The living one. Yeah, mm. yeah he, uh -uh. he wasn't so lucky. He didn't. Mm. He has to suffer with Carol Baskin now. I, I think the Tiger King Personal Storage Center would be a perfect name. Uh, what, what did you the say? The Tiger King Storage Center yeah. would be a perfect name. Yeah, but you can't use it. I know, but, but at least to have it as a storage center makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Ghostbusters have yellow hoses coming out of their uh, pants, and Dan Aykroyd once explained that they were for, quote, incontinence due to fear, you know, in case they peed their pants on set. Right. They're all uh, being interviewed for the uh, preparation of this Ghostbusters Three movie. So the hoses are yellow, or they're yellow when they're actually relieving themselves. I think they're actually yellow, oh. so it blends in in case you do pee yourself. I see. Uh, that the the upcoming Ghostbusters film <laughs> looks pretty good, actually. Did you see the the trailer for it? I have not, and uh, I haven't been searching it out either. It's, is this the one with the all male cast? It's uh, it's it's with kids. It's basically with, uh, it's almost like a, um, what's the Stranger Things kind of cast, like the, 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 mm. that, those age kids. The youngsters. The youngsters. But it looks pretty good. It's, it looks like a mix, of, it's like a dramedy. Are, the, are those the ones you're going to call? I think they are the ones you're going to call. Kanye West's Donda listening party on Thursday included appearances, appearances from uh, Kim Kardashian, DaBaby, and Marilyn Manson. Also, the album came out yesterday, but Kanye said Universal released it without his permission. I wow. Don't, I don't think that uh, them releasing, I don't think they would have released it without permission. It was probably in the contract saying, hey, this uh, album comes out on, you know, August, August 29th. I would think it says exactly that. But he says it's not. Yeah, well, that's why I would have a tendency to not believe him. But he also said that uh, now he can buy 76 more Raptors to ride around on his ranch out in uh, Wyoming. Mm. Yeah. Did his ex-wife have anything to say? No, she had nothing to say. She's, on a, she's on a gag order, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 What does that mean? Uh, 
You want me to show you? No, no. Justin Bieber broke the record for the most Spotify streams in a month with 83.3 million. The record was previously held by Ariana Grande with 82 million streams last December. How many of these uh, streams did uh, Justin download himself? 82 million. Well, he probably bought all those computers to make sure that he had all those different accounts. uh, That's a lot of clicking. James Corden, Camila Cabello, Billy Porter, and Adina Menzel stopped Hollywood traffic to do a flash mob as their Cinderella characters. Then James, in a mouse onesie, took took a hit off a blunt from a passing driver. Well, that doesn't sound responsible in these days of COVID. I was going to say, even uh, the days of COVID, but the image for Disney. Yeah, that too. Yeah, you know? I'd, I would. Uh, I would move him out. Although the COVID thing, I'd be more worried about if he shotgunned uh, somebody that pot, or someone shotgunned it to him. Uh, what happens in the Hamlin family hot tub doesn't stay in the family hot tub. When twenty-year-old uh, Amelia Hamlin caught her parents Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin skinny dipping in the hot tub, she did what any sensible teenager. Young adult would do. She threw took a, up. She took a photo of them and posted it on Instagram. Ah, oh my god! I just caught my parents skinny dipping in the hot tub, and I don't know if I'm traumatized or if it's like cute or something. Nah, you, you're traumatized. Yeah, and now we're all traumatized. Yeah, and you. Uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, this, thank you. These kids with their damn electronics and their ghost busting. Of course, you know I'm going to look up the picture, right? I mean, you got to do that. It, all it is is them leaning over the edge of it. Oh, you don't see from anything. The inside. You, you know, all you see, and she's just got a big hat on, Lisa Rinna. Yeah, she yeah. was she was good looking thirty years ago. So yeah. was Harry Hamlin. Well, he men get better as they age, so he looks a lot better than Lisa Rinna does at mm. this age. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock One Hundred Two. Oh yeah. The McDonald's breakfast is too good. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, there you go. The Patriots' preseason schedule is now over. All you have to do now is wait and see which deadweight do-nothings are going to get the cut from the team and which ones are not. Now, with the Patriots beating the Giants last night by a score of 22-20, to Many of you, I'm sure, are left with a lot of questions. Some of these questions include what to do at the quarterback position, because as of right now, nobody really cares that the Patriots have to trim their 90-man roster to just 53 players by tomorrow afternoon at 4. In other words, while the rest of you are exclusively focused on whether Bill Belichick is going to start Cam Newton over rookie Mac Jones when the Patriots officially begin their regular season on September 12th against the Miami Dolphins, Bill Belichick is kind of busy wondering how he's going to whittle down the roster and destroy hopes and dreams of nearly 37 anxious men who would much rather stay. But since the rest of you are so focused on the quarterback situation, because apparently that's the only thing that matters, let me see if I can correctly predict exactly what's going to happen between now and the first game of the season. It's like this. I predict there'll be a good chance that Bill Belichick already has a pretty good idea of who the starting quarterback is going to be. And I also predict that Bill Belichick will keep that information to himself and refuse to share with anybody until the last possible second. I say this because over the last 21 years, that's all Bill Belichick ever does. So if you're going to fixate over who gets the call over whom, I would suggest finding yourself with something else to do. Go for a walk. 
take a nap. Make a sandwich because there will be nothing to learn here until Bill Belichick is damn well ready to let everyone know. And right now, he's a little distracted, squashing souls and ruining lives, at least until tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. The DeWalt cordless soft. $100 deals at Rocky's with your Ace Rewards card. It's a DeWalt $100 deals going on right now. You save 30 bucks on five DeWalt power tools. The August sales flyer is on Rocky's website and loaded with bargains like the DeWalt $100 deals going on right now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Spring. Rock 102. Springfield's classic rock at 611. And ACDC and Rock 102. Not a great day today, but uh, it's not Hurricane Ida. Cloudy early today with uh, afternoon thunderstorms and wind and a high of 83. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, 82. And uh, by the mid to second half of the week, we're talking about highs around where we are right now. 71 in downtown Springfield. Scott Cohen will be joining us next hour. We'll be talking about Patriot football. Last night was the last... uh, preseason game their first game coming up uh, in about two weeks and we'll talk to him about that and some other stuff just after seven o'clock this morning in the uh randomness of a of a bug flight and landing is 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 weird and and i and i know that by itself that sentence probably makes very little sense i um i just went out during that lovely acdc song uh to my car to uh get some gum and uh, I, I go out the front door of the radio station. Right. It's daylight. Morning has broken, like the first morning. Um, I don't that's, know, but, that's there's something uh, very musical about the way you put that. Yeah, yeah. Blackbirds, by the way, have spoken like the first bird. So, uh, so it's it's light out, and um, above our front door is a very bright light that apparently uh, attracts moths even in the daylight yes so as i'm coming out the door i mean just just breaking through the threshold uh this moth i could see this thing flying up from like my lower left area and uh um across my face doesn't doesn't touch my face and then somehow into not not hitting but into my right ear hole and the it's mo- like he what do you mean hitting you're, you're just like flying around uh, it uh, no like 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 slamming into it is there anything in there he might want i i don't know i, uh, I don't know it's it's like, like, a like large buildup of wax or long hair you're going after a light a very very bright light oh and i can assure him what's ever going on in your head is quite dim and and yet uh on your on your way up there First of all, you don't e- even sense a a person in the way, because you know moths have a tendency to fly with a seemingly very unintentional fashion. To you, they don't really seem like they have a destination. Even when they get to the light, they're they're they're, they're just they're just constantly fluttering around and not moving. I don't. I. It's hard to say whether there's intent in their flight pattern. Yeah. Because- <laughs> We're we're not bugs. Well, and, and we, their brains are significantly smaller than ours. Scientists study bugs all the time. They're called uh, entomologists. 
uh, and you follow uh, their research? Actually, I think it's entom- Ent- entomologists. Entomologists, yeah. right. Yeah. I th- you know, entomologists would have made a lot more sense. Um, no, but I also found myself uh, last night studying the carpenter ants because um, I believe, I hope, I have finally dispatched the ones that I have at my house. What kind of damage have they caused? I don't know, but they're in there. I mean, these are, these uh, carpenter, did I say carpenter ants? Carpenter bees is what I meant. Carpenter bees. Um, about a week and a half ago, a friend of mine came over, and, and uh, because he's allergic to bees, I sent him up in my stead, and... Um, he went up. You're stiff. Yes. <laughs> what are you, what, uh, where are we in jolly old England now all of a sudden? I sent him up in my, in my stead and uh, in the middle of the afternoon. And while I stood, by the way, behind a uh, fully enclosed shelter so that I would not be stung uh, when they were all pissed off about getting sprayed. And, uh, and he did it. He sprayed it. But they must have gotten deep into my house because I went out there the next day and looked and I saw all the activity of the day before. Right. I'm sure that there were a number of dead carpenter ants that had to be dealt with by the, by the swarm, by the hive, but they were right back in full operation. So rather than calling my friend back again and having him test his luck, because after all, like I said, he is allergic to bee stings. Um, I've been waiting and waiting and usually busy at just the wrong time or right time to go up there because I know, uh, just, uh, from life. I remember hearing somewhere, someone saying it is best to spray beehives at sundown. So, but I was busy like every sundown for, for a week. And then, uh, last night I, I was home. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this. And I had left the uh, ladder up against the sunroom for the week and a half. I mean, it's like, you know, what, why am I going to carry that thing all the way back into the house when I know I'm going to need it? Right. So uh, I, you know, I look at the Weather Channel thing, and uh, I, even though it's cloudy out, I see sunset is like, I forget, it's 723 or 733, but, you know, right around, right around 730. So I go up there at about 7.25, and man, this it's, it must be evening rush hour. Everybody's trying to get home at the same time. All the, uh, all the, car- all the carpenter all the bees. bees. Yeah, yes. all the carpenter bees trying to get home at the same time because there was a lot of movement going on on the outside, and I'm like, yeah, nah, nah, I'm going to come back. Are these, uh, I'm going to ask you this because I, I, I don't know if, uh, even if you know this, is the hive... The hive is within the wood yes. of the house, oh, right? Yes. So it's not just like a hive that's hanging out. No. Okay. Nope. Now, your friend, right, mm. the uh, the one who is allergic to bees right. and apparently knows how to spray a can of Raid, yep. uh, has he ever dealt with bees within the frame of a house uh, before? Yeah. yeah, I believe he has. Are you sure of this? Yeah, pretty sure. Why? Really? Why? Because I think a, a, an actual exterminator, would yeah. have been the more appropriate thing to do. Yeah. Rather, How much do you think I paid my friend? My guess is you paid him nothing. Right. How much do you think I would have paid an exterminator? Uh, an appropriate amount considering the problem that uh, carpenter bees uh, could create, whether yeah. it be through the uh, the damage of wood 
or the staining from their excrement or any of the number of things that carpenter bees are known to do. Well, so anyway, I go up there. But of course, you could ignore just what I said. 743, uh, I go back up and like the last two are just wandering in for the evening. I think they were the drunks who stayed out a little late on Sunday afternoon. And I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I have two cans of bee spray, one in each hand, one with a, like a, a small little straw thing for accuracy. Right. And one for, you know, just blasting of the area. And I'm waiting for that last one to go in. And he finally goes in. Cause my friend did say, if you go back up there again, you are going to have to stick that little straw into the hole. He said, because they are deep in there. And, um, so when I saw that last one go in there, I gave it the real heavy wide spray as I moved in, uh, and then began to spray with the more precise sniper like, uh, uh, can right in the other hand, mm-hmm. but I actually didn't go into the hole cause, um, I was scared. All right. See, this is why you pay a professional to do this. Mm. They know what they're doing. <clears throat> they they have gotten beyond the point of being frightened. And even though it may seem like a like an outrageous sum of money, uh, you're actually in the long run saving yourself money because if you don't get rid of them, they're going to cause real property damage. So well, uh, that's why I say sometimes you know penny wise pound foolish. You know, it's like sometimes you need to spend a little money to save yourself a great deal of money down the road. I will say this, that if the poison of the spray didn't kill them, then they probably drowned because uh, I used, I'm guessing, an excessive amount of bee spray. You probably did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what excessive means. If they're all dead... Then I used just the right amount. Are both cans now empty? Nearly. Yeah, well, there you go. And they were nearly full when I started. Yeah. See, I don't know if you if you needed that. But then again, I also don't know how long your hose uh, off the can was. Sometimes it's like Two, five three. or six inches, maybe. Well, nah, maybe three. Oh, yeah. Three you're, and a half. You're not getting deep. Some of these guys, these professionals, get the like a big long hose. Yeah. That, that goes into the uh, that goes into the walls. And they just, they start blasting. Well, it's awesome. I still got to believe that um, the the egress, whether it be entrance or exit, um, is now so blocked with dead bees that even if the ones on the inside are alive, they're basically, it's like a, it's like a, a like a mine cave in. Right. You know, they're trapped in there. Unless, unless you have a queen in this hive, which you you have to assume there's a queen, uh, and the queen is still alive, mm-hmm. then that hive will just completely replicate itself, and you're going to have continued problems. How's it going to replicate itself if nobody can get in or out? You don't know who survived and who doesn't. If that but thing that's is, what I'm saying. I'm saying the entrance is probably so blocked with dead bees. That's the one entrance you know about. They, they're crafty little bastards. They could find another way in or out. No way. Yes way. And after a period of time, once that poison subsides or goes through its, uh, its cycle, they'll just go out through that, uh, through that hole. So you may, need gotta, to, you may need to patch up the hole as well. That's got to be like, uh, like Fukushima now. 
You know, it's going to be 20 years yeah. before bees can start using that hole again. Right, but what I'm saying is you're not really an expert in this, so you're going on a great deal of assumption. And I'm telling you that if the, uh, if the bees uh, are trying to get away from the poison, they will move yeah. to safety because survival is a instinct that tends to uh, uh, replicate throughout many species, bees included. I don't know. I think we're pretty close, not too close, but pretty close to the first freeze, which, uh, although on the other hand, if they're deep into the house, they're probably living off my heat. That's right. Living off my entire uh, heating and cooling system. And they're not even chipping in. No. For the bill. Exactly. The very bill I would have been handed by an exterminator if I had called one. It's just about 624 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. Attention to England. It's it's hot in here too. Uh yeah, I, well, I mean, I'm in a, another part of the building off of a different uh thermostat, which I believe is in the laser studio. Um but usually if I keep my door open on this studio, I it cools the room and it's not. I am woo. I'm warm. Yeah, it's a little You warm. at least have a thermostat in your room. Oh yeah, but I, you, know, you told me once never to touch it. Well, that's when I was in the room. Yeah, right. I, know. I don't, I don't know what kind of control you have with this thing. All I know is I keep getting swatted every time I think about it. So for fifteen months when I wasn't here, you were not touching it. Through no, the, I, I never. I swear to God, I never touched it through the winters and the summers and no. the heat waves and never. the freezes. Not once. Yeah, uh, well. Steve just adjusted it because that's what he does. It was set to seventy-seven. Yeah, well, that's. I want to know what the one in in the other studio is. Check that one, Steve. I fiddle around with the uh, thermostat we have in our office mm-hmm. because that's usually like uh, nine hundred degrees, and I drop it down to about sixty-nine because one, the number makes me laugh, and then two, uh, you need a break from the heat. Yeah. So that's the only one that I screw around with. And and because it's in our office, it controls all the offices around it. Right. So that's the only one I really care about is, you know, when I get in here in the morning, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to sweat my ass off, but in here, I mean, I just, listen, I just, I just, I, I know well enough to leave things alone. Well, the, uh, the other thermostat is set at 71, so I don't know what, uh, oh, really? what's going on in there. Wow. And it's, it's cool in that studio. Really? Yeah. Well, it's not in mine and I've had the door Although I got here an hour late, so maybe uh, I'll check back in with you by 7.30. Well, let me tell you something that uh, you've probably heard before. Mm. This has never happened yes, any time. Yeah. Yeah, we've <laughs> had a problem yeah. with the heating yeah. and yeah, cooling? Right. right. No, never. absolutely not. Let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Oh, my God. That is hilarious springfield's classic rock hey uh, a couple of quick short ones here based on what we talked about all right ready <clears throat> excuse me what do you call a bee you can't understand i don't know a mumble bee, a mumble <laughs> bee. <laughs> what did the queen bee say to the naughty bee i don't know beehive yourself, beehive yeah. yourself. where did uh, noah keep his bees i don't know in his archives in archives. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you have a bee in your hand, what do you have in your eye? Uh, two in a bush? No, beauty. Because beauty... No, I'm not done. Okay. Beauty is in the eye of the bee holder. <laughs> oh, now. Yes, okay. you right. get it? Yeah, yeah, the, bee it. Holder. Yeah, the bee holder. The bee holder. Booyah! and O'Brien. On Rock...
It's just about 6.32 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. A Louisiana Sheriff's Office has reported the first death from Hurricane Ida. The Ascension Parish Sheriff's Office says on Facebook that deputies responding to a report of someone injured by a fallen tree at a home in Prairieville confirmed the person had died. Well, I wonder where the Louisiana Sheriff went to. I don't think uh, they're singing that down there today. <laughs> I don't think they're singing much of anything. <laughs> Prairieville is a suburb of uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana's capital city. Their report came hours after Ida slammed ashore in South Louisiana as a major Category 4 hurricane with winds up to 150 miles per hour. The storm has since weakened to a Category 1 hurricane, its eye passing uh, inland along a heavily populated corridor between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Kind of weird that it- 16 years to the day mm-hmm. of Katrina. Mm. Well, 16 years to the day, and then I'm listening to this guy. Uh, they're interviewing one of these sheriffs uh, this morning on, I think it was CNN. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the guy going, uh, yeah, we're just not prepared for the uh, the amount of water that's coming over these levees. And I'm like, we had 16 years to prepare for this next one. Well, Did, and, and we learned the lesson the first time? And we were saying 16 years ago that the levee system in New Orleans was inadequate and needed to be rebuilt. Well, well I once drove my Chevy to the levee, but, but the, the levee, levee was, was dry. dry. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, I mean, they were showing on the news last, or because I watched like three nights worth of news last night. On Friday, they were showing up uh, how different the city is 16 years later mm-hmm. than it used to be it, that it's much more shored up and but but you know i mean there's always the possibility that you're going to get more rain the next time and whatever you've built up to may still fall short you know there is a, a silver lining in the story and, and i know that you know it's a, it's causing massive devastation and flooding and everything else but the New Orleans Saints have been moved to Dallas to practice oh, for the gee. remainder of the week, so I think we can all sleep uh, soundly knowing that a, information. Yeah, a bunch of millionaires uh, going to practice somewhere in a city safe. Yes, uh, that, that's away f- away from the danger. That makes everybody feel better. Yeah. It does. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially if you like lost your house in the last couple of days. Yes, and of course, you know, with the roster cuts due tomorrow afternoon, I mean, mm-hmm. things are going to get a little dicey. That's for damn sure. Yeah, my entire life has been turned upside down. Uh, I've uh, have no place to live anymore. But how about but, them Saints? <clears throat> but at least the Saints are safe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> The uh, Biden administration is within reach of achieving one of its goals in Afghanistan. Biden administration officials say the United States has the capacity to evacuate the approximately 300 U.S. citizens remaining in Afghanistan who want to leave before Joe Biden's Tuesday deadline. That commitment comes as rocket fire in Kabul and other U.S. drone strikes against suspected Islamic State militants Sunday highlighted the grave threat in the war's final days. The steady stream of U.S. military jets taking off and landing at uh, Karzai International Airport in Kabul continued Monday, even after rocket fire apparently targeted the airport but hit a nearby neighborhood. Dude, talk about rockets, okay? So if you saw over the weekend, we uh, we fired back. We, um, we went after an area where we, well, I mean, uh, back last week, we fired into an area where we knew that ISIS was, uh, was using, an area that we knew ISIS was using to meet in. Yesterday, we um, we took out, <clears throat> excuse me, an explosive-filled vehicle that was being driven by two ISIS members. The way we took them out was not your standard. You, you've heard of the Hellfire the Hellfire missile before, right? It's uh, you know 
uh, a small little rocket that comes in and uh, hits something and it explodes and people die from the explosion. Well, we have now apparently invented something that is far more precise so that you are less likely to have collateral damage of killing uh, nearby innocents. This Hellfire missile has a, is a weapon that uses blades instead of explosives to kill the targets with minimal collateral damage, literally smashing and slicing through them. Interesting. Damn. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. It's full of blades. It, it runs, you know, roughly, well, the standard one is about 1,000 miles an hour. Uh, this one can hit those speeds, but it's unclear exactly when the blades deploy during use, but it's likely that they extend out from the missile uh, with, with a, uh, a pop-off shortly before their flight ends, or it swings out from the slots at the moment of contact. But Damn. it's basically like like uh, several, let's see, it's just over five feet long. The warhead takes up the central part of the tube-like body. So it's like a, it's like filled with little mini samurais. That's gotta be, cool. There's got to be some people who wonder, is are we overdoing it? Uh, when it comes to that kind of thing, not really, because like I said, if it, if it if it's less likely to cause collateral damage, because an explosive missile obviously is going to kill anybody within a, a certain radius. This thing, assuming it is fired precisely, is only going to kill people within a certain amount of space around it. Damn. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It is wild. It's a little bit complicated. Blades. Got to be an easier, less dramatic way of doing it. A uh, suspect is under arrest after a one-car crash in Longmeadow where Benton Drive intersects Denslow Road. Uh, police say a male driver crashed into a guardrail and flew into the woods. When Western Mass News arrived at the scene, crews were clearing the car and debris. Uh, police uh, said Again, debris. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, police uh, told us, uh, told us, they told Western Mass News they found a handgun, unidentified drugs, and an open container of alcohol in the car. Oh, boy. When you say yeah. flew into the woods, you mean the car or the driver? I think the car flew into the woods. Oh. Not Well, the driver with the right. car flew right. into the woods. Uh, Longmeadow Police said they responded to the scene around 8 last night. They said the suspect is under arrest facing charges of suspected OUI and other driving infractions. Uh, they said he is in the hospital now with unknown injuries and has not yet been identified. But I'm certain he's from out of town. You never know. It could be... Uh, but wait a minute. Benton driving where? Denslow Road. And De isn't that East Longmeadow? It's actually on the long metal line. It's on the line. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, if it's near that intersection, it's probably down the road a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But if it's drugs and a gun, he's he's probably from East Longmeadow. Because <laughs> you definitely just don't see that all that often yeah. in Longmeadow. Yeah, Bring sure. in your uh, East Longmeadow street cred to Longmeadow. Yep. You better, uh, you better be prepared. Speaking of accidents, I was in a, I was in a motorcycle run yesterday. For, uh, you ran your motors? You ran uh, your yeah, motors? Yeah, yeah, I ran it. For a um, South Windsor police officer who died, I believe, last year. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, we we took off from, uh, why can't I think of where we took off from? We took off from somewhere in, uh, in uh, oh, from the Harley-Davidson dealership in Ellington. We went out through 
Stafford mm-hmm. and through Rockville and then through South Windsor, and we, we passed by the South Windsor Police Department, which had two cruisers out in front of it in, in honor of the officer, and then by the fire department, which had a, a large flag draped over the road tied to a, a fire truck. And then we, we came down uh, Sullivan Avenue to Route 5 and then started north on Route 5, which is a big hill. It's a, it's a downhill. Now, I'm, I'm probably uh, 100 bikes away from the end I, because I showed up late, and everything in front of me is probably a half mile long. That's how many bikes had shown up. And we had probably 15 or 20 police motorcycles to escort us. And as I'm, you could see downhill towards East Windsor, and then all of a sudden it was like there was just this opening, and, and all these bikes kept going because they were unaware that directly <laughs> behind them there was a crash. A, a mm. bike had gone down, oh, and geez. then all of the hundreds of others of us behind it had to stop. Uh, it's, the fir- it's the first time I've been in a run where there was an accident. I is the person okay? I hope he is. I, I when when we finally got to go by it uh, to get out of the way because obviously emergency vehicles were going to be coming in an ambulance. He appeared to be sitting up on on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean I don't know whether he was injured or not. I got to assume he was injured and hopefully not seriously. But uh, yeah, it's the first time I first time I've seen that. That's crazy. Yeah, it it it, it can be dangerous. Well, hopefully the guy's okay. How, yeah. uh, how far away was John Heyman? Uh, probably very, very close. Because, you know, when you go down, he'll pick you up. Yeah, yeah I don't know if he does that in Connecticut. But That's I, like when, uh, two he's people. got offices in Connecticut. Mm. He'll do it. Listen, for for a win in court, he'll he'll set up an office anywhere. Uh, you know, when I, <laughs> when I see two people on Facebook get engaged... Yeah. I immediately put in my uh, my my DJ uh, reference, uh, and I'm and then uh, so I was like, uh, congratulations. Sorry, I'm like John Heyman in a motorcycle accident. Every time I see a tragedy happening, I need to stick myself into it. Yeah, yeah probably does. <laughs> if you make a giant mistake in your life, I will pick up the pieces for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm right. I'm driving yesterday uh, through like Westfield and, and Holyoke. And there's this guy behind me on a motorcycle. Uh, one of those motorcycles, I think they're called uh, are they Red Wings or yeah, the ones with the boxes on the back. You know, mm-hmm. like they're traveling somewhere, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I can see this guy in my rearview mirror, and uh, he, he's driving fine, but he's like sticking his legs out, like like you're stretching them. Yeah, like like you know, he's obviously uh, gassing it up, but he's sticking his legs out like a kid sticks his hand out the window when he's like you know. Letting the air flow with it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, and then every other motorcycle that's coming at me in the other lane, this guy's waving. Yeah, uh, what what motorcycle? What, many motorcyclists wave to each other every time a no. motorcycle. This guy was doing it at. I was noticing how he was doing yeah. it every single time other motorcycles passed. Yep, a lot of a lot of them do. A lot of, some of them don't. In fact, I have ridden with friends. Where like two of my friends would be in front of me on their bikes, and you'd see bi- a bike coming from the opposite direction, mm-hmm. and you'd see that motorcyclist wave to my two friends, and then when he saw I was on a spider, he dropped his arm. Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, yeah. 
Because he only wants to wave to real motorcycles. Exactly. Just, exactly. There's a there's a certain level of snobbery involved. What, you know, not to be Larry David like, but uh, I think there's a there's a limit to how many waves eh, you can do on a bike you uh, know, while you're driving. Jeep owners do the same thing. They wave to each other. I don't get that. Yeah, we, we've, yeah. we've got a Jeep and we don't wave to anybody. Yeah. Look, yeah. I'm not making fun of the fact that you have a motorcycle or you have a Jeep and you're waving or you're. I am making fun of the fact that you're waving to other people, yeah. like, like it's, oh, hey, I got one too. Yeah, like yeah. for the you know for the first time in your life, suddenly you care about other people. No, you don't really care. It's just kind of a cordial motion. You know, and I'm, again, not everybody does it. You know, when I'm driving my minivan around town, I you look at other men yeah. in minivans, and yeah. we just we don't wave. We just kind of give each other like uh, well, that. That's a shame. That, know, shame that knowing nod that life Perfect. has gone so badly. Two people were arrested earlier this month after going to pay for bail, uh, pay the bail for a minor under arrest at the Wolverham Police Department. According to the statement by the department, 40-year-old April McDaniel from East Windsor uh, was arrested after police noticed there was an outstanding warrant for hers and 33-year-old Christopher Micklish arrests. Both had arrived at the police station around 11.40 p.m. on August 6th to bail out a child arrested for undisclosed reasons. Oh, oh, because I was going to yeah. ask whether you meant coal or diamond minor. No, 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 not that kind of minor. I see. McDaniel was arrested on a default warrant from Dudley District Court, and McLish was uh, arrested on a straight warrant from Palmer District Court. A straight warrant? What does that mean? I, I don't know. No, they had gender-specific warrants. I don't think anything to do with gender. I'm not. I'm just making an assumption here. But let's say you're going to bail your kid out. You know, jail. Mm-hmm. And oh, what's your name? Hmm, let me run this through the database. Oh, yeah, they'll always do that. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, you're under arrest, too. Mm-hmm. Dad! Yeah. You weren't supposed <laughs> to do that! <laughs> Mom, too! <laughs> Damn! What, where's Where's Uncle Bob today? Yeah, where's the... Re- let's make this a, a true family-like <laughs> yeah. reunion. Exactly. With everybody uh, coming to, to pick us, bail us up out of jail. It, with bail out of jail... Do you bail out at a police station? I didn't yeah. know that's how you did that. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you know usually you get arrested and you get held in the police station and then they can put a they call a magistrate and the you know give the circumstances and the charges and the magistrate sets a bail and if you can pay it then the magistrate comes out to the police station mm-hmm. uh, and you fill out the paperwork and you give them the money and you can leave. I guess we're lucky we're not in those uh, one of those states with the bail, and you got to go to the uh, the bail bondsman and and get the. Well, in some you know. cases, you do have to do that. I mean, it depends on what it costs, how much it is. But Usually, I- just to be released from a police station, it's like forty bucks. Yeah, but like we don't, you don't see a whole lot of advertisements for bail bondsmen around here. No, no. not like you do in the south. Right in the south, it's almost like a business. Well, that's yeah. that's big money down there. Uh, that's a real big industry. You got guys going to jail all the time. Yeah, that's true, too. I know people never been in jail. A uh, 36-year-old man from Georgia named Rodney Metzer was just sentenced to 25 years in prison for kidnapping his ex-wife just so he could pretend to save her. He broke into her home back on January 1st. He hid uh, who he was... He hid who he was by wearing a mask and disguising his voice. He roughed her up, zip-tied her hands, put a pillowcase over her head, dragged her outside, and left her there. Then he went home, changed his clothes, returned to the ex's house where she was still tied up. That's when he saved her. This'll get her back! <laughs> when when roughed her up, does, does is there any description of what that means? No, no. 
the uh, police weren't fully buying Rodney's story, and they later discovered surveillance footage of him leaving a store with zip ties in his hands. Did Rodney his- have any explanation for how he found out that his wife was, I'm using my finger quotes here, kidnapped? No. So he just happened to know that she was somewhere in need of being rescued, and he showed up there. Well, I went over to profess my love one more time for her. Mm. And to get my shoes. And there she was, tied up, and I was like, oh, I'm your hero now. You have Mm. to be with me. His computer also showed searches for things like, how long before you starve to death? The prosecutors called Rodney a master manipulator. Before this plan, he tried to win her back by faking a cancer diagnosis, but that didn't work either. Wow. Damn. He's a bad breaker-upper. No, he's a, she's the bad breaker-upper. He's, he's going out of his way to try to reconcile. See, I hear this story, and I hear a terrible manipulator. A good a master manipulator would have done all these things and gotten away with it. Yeah, it would have worked. She'd be back with him. Yeah, this is a guy who would like to be a master manipulator, but is still... You know, operating on like an internship level. Oh, hey, how come you have zip ties in the back here? Oh, look, I'm here to save you. I was just coming over here to give you another bouquet of flowers. <laughs> and, and I it, just happened to be here. And you, did you get roughed up? What, how, where did you get these bruises? Who gave those to you? And, and how, did he, how did he disguise himself and change his voice to the point where his ex-wife or estranged wife didn't recognize him? I don't know. Uh, Hello. I'm here to kidnap you and beat you up and tie you up with zip ties. Rough you up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to bring you outside now, and then I'm going to leave. Perhaps a young hero will come along and save you. (laughs) Maybe it's that voice-changing Chewbacca mask that that woman had at the... uh, at the, uh, the, the 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 kids' world or something a few years ago. Yeah. And he, he kind of looks like he would talk like this. Babe, I just came up here to give you some flowers, and I saw you tied up in zip ties. Who did this to you? <laughs> At first I thought it was kind of hot, but then I realized you weren't there on purpose. <laughs> Your Pioneer Valley. 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 656. And the Eagles in Rock 102. Well, I finally understand the argument of the anti-vaxxers now, thanks to uh, an email I just read. All right. It's, uh, it's a scenario, you should imagine, uh, of, a, of a person uh, walking into a restaurant, okay? And the, uh, the person at the front of the restaurant says, welcome. And the person uh, coming in says, hi, uh, table for two, please. And the uh, waiter says, uh, sure, your name? The host, actually. Uh, Bill. Uh, oh, great. And do you and your guests have your vaccination cards? Hmm. Well, uh, first, could you tell us who our server will be? Oh, well, it looks like Brad will be your server tonight. Oh, that's great. And would you show us Brad's vaccination card? Um, yeah, and also, could you show me proof that Brad's not a carrier of HIV, hepatitis A or B, or any other communicable disease? Yeah, same for you and the kitchen staff. Um, yeah, also, we prefer not to be served by someone who's on or uses recreational drugs like marijuana, cocaine, meth, fentanyl. So if you could provide us with uh, Brad's most recent tox screen, that'd be great, too. Matter of fact, I'm going to need all of your employees' medical history. Uh, let me get the manager for you. You see? Yeah. No, that makes, uh, that makes perfect sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, they sure they wouldn't have had to prove their vaccination schedule just to be hired. No. Yeah, I'm sure that would... That would never, especially the food service industry, that would yeah, yeah. never, ever happen. It's all crystal clear now. Yes. 
Uh, Scott Cohen will be joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, the Patriots played their last preseason game yesterday, which you heard here on Rock 102. they got to make roster cuts by uh, tomorrow afternoon at 4, and uh, we'll be talking to him about that and some other stuff, too, in just a few minutes. It's 6.58 on Rock 102. Go to rock102.com and register to win a pair of tickets to a game in Fox. Sports fans, how the heck are you? Folks, I like to think of myself as reasonably fluent with the rules of baseball. I mean, I haven't committed all the rules to memory, but I know enough to know that whoever scores the most runs usually wins the game. What I do not have a full understanding of are the rules which govern interference calls. I usually skip past those rules because, honestly, how often does that ever happen? Well, it happened last night, and because I'm so fuzzy on those rules, I'm still exactly not quite sure how the Red Sox wound up losing to the Cleveland Indians last night. So follow me on this one. Last night during the eighth inning, Cleveland's Oscar Mercado was awarded home plate following an obstruction call against Boston's uh, Jairo Munoz, who was called for allegedly impeding Mercado's progress. The whole situation stems from Mercado, who started his inning off with a single. That single was then followed up by a double down the left field line by Yu Chang of Cleveland. Mercado rounds third and attempts to run towards home plate when he appears to be thrown out. But that was before the umpire rules that Munoz had interfered by bumping into Mercado. It was also bumped into Boston's reliever Austin David, who went over to cover third. But instead of the play at home standing, Mercado was given the go-ahead run based upon the interference. Cleveland would then go on to win the game 5-7, to seven, leaving Cleveland fans thrilled while the rest of us at home were trying to figure out what the hell just happened. To be honest, I'm still not sure I can tell you exactly what just happened. All I know is something happened. And it didn't particularly, uh, I didn't particularly care for the outcome, especially since I have a long history of skipping the chapter in the baseball handbook, which goes through those kinds of rules. Listen, I know there are times when dudes get in the way and the umpires never make those kinds of calls, but I also know that interference calls tend to go one of two ways. 50% of them happen to be bad. In this case, they went the wrong way. And so Munoz was called for interfering with Mercado's progress on the bases rather than Mercado being in the way of Munoz making a spectacular play. But life can sometimes be that way these days, and frankly, it's just not fair no matter what you do. If only I could understand a damn bit of it. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, the Stanley 25-foot lever lock tape measure, four bucks. The Craftsman Wide Mouth Tool Bag, four bucks. It's the four buck tool sale going on Rockies right now. The August sales flyers on Rockies website loaded with bargains like the $4 tool sale going on at your neighborhood Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. It's 7-11 with and O'Brien at Rock 102. Big event Saturday out on the uh, lawn of the KFC in Chicopee, uh, headlined by completely unchained, the Van Halen Band. Yes. And the uh, hmm. David Lee Roth impersonator. Fantastic. And he loved his time in Chesapeake. Chesapeake? Yeah, that's unfortunately what he referred to Chicopee as uh, uh, several times. You can, you can, Chesapeake. You know, when you're yeah. out on the road yeah. and you're living at large, yeah. you know how easy you can get confusing. Yeah. And then when I went up uh, to say a few words to the crowd, I uh, I said, hey, folks, is this not the greatest Sammy Hagar impersonation you've ever seen? <laughs> oh, there you go. I, you told that yeah. guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the studio with us right now is uh, Scott Cohen. It's good to see you. I'm in studio today. You happy, John? It's about goddamn time. Huh? Three Jesus. weeks on the phone. Jesus. 
Anyone can just phone it in. Yeah, well, what does that, what does that tell you? I, I actually, but I actually came and said hello to you. Uh, and I'm sitting in your seat with your microphone. Well. It's just a matter of time, man. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, happened, it worked so well the first time. It's just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. Well, thankfully, that grudge only lasted yeah. 20 years. Yeah. And I thought it was over. Until hey, uh, now. So tomorrow afternoon, the Patriots have to make roster cuts. They do. From 90 to 58. 50, 50, yeah, 50, so, yes. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of questions about what they're going to do. Yep. But the one question that remains is not who they're going to cut for quarterback, but who gets the starting call on week one. To me, in Bill Belichick's mind, it's not the most important thing in the next 24 hours. Nope. But it's the one question he's going to get hammered on today. I, I read a story this morning that, uh, that Mac Jones is saying it should be Cam Newton, not me. That gets but, cut? No, neither one of them are getting cut. Uh-oh. One of them is going to be named the starting Uh-oh. quarterback for week one. Oh. And I actually think he's right, even though he played better than Cam Newton did last night. Yeah, they're not, you know, listen, we'd, we'd love to think that there's a quarterback controversy, but there's really not. I mean, there's 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 no way there's no way that Cam Newton is not starting uh, the first game against Miami. This is just, it's just not going to happen. And and you know, and the fact of the matter is, nor nor really should it from a a, a practical standpoint. Um, you know, I know that people love to you know crap all over Cam Newton. He's not you know we had we had Tom Brady all those years. No one is going to be uh, Tom Brady, especially. Cam Newton. He did not play particularly well last year. I think he had some injury issues. But this guy is a he's a still a top flight NFL quarterback. Uh, they named him captain of the team last year. His Belichick loves him. The coaches love him. His teammates love him. Cam Newton hasn't done anything to lose the the number one spot. And you don't, I don't, in a practical standpoint, I don't think you want to throw Mac Jones to the Wolves right no. away. Just let him watch, let him learn some more. If, if the Patriots get lucky enough and they've got like a 31-7 lead over Miami in week number one, right. you let Jones go out and throw some passes in the fourth it's, quarter. It's not like it's Jacksonville where they have no other choice no. but to play their, their top draft pick. Right. You don't want to be the guy who follows the biggest name ever. It's like it's like when when it went from rodeo and O'Brien to rodeo and Cohen. Yes, you know you don't want to do was that. Like, Take yeah. my word no for way. it. No way. No way. This yeah. guy needs to be cut. How do how do you fill those giant clown shoes? <laughs> oh but I gosh. but I I think that's that's right. I mean the 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 proper decision would be give right. Cam Newton the opportunity to prove himself in real game opportunities yep. with his starters. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing about this preseason. Is it normally it's it's four preseason games and the following week it's week one. Yep. Well, here you have a full week. There's no games. There's a full week to practice with your starting squad yep. after uh, you know after all is said and done. So teams are actually going to be more ready to play in week one than they've maybe played in the last. 25, 30 years. And, you know, when you, you mentioned earlier about taking the snaps, you know, Newton took, Cam Newton took took all of his snaps with the first team, and Mac Jones took the majority of his, 90% of them with the second team. So there's, it's just, it's it's not going to happen, but the good thing is, is they've got this kid who is, is fabulous, 
Um, you know, you could just watch his body language and the way he performed in the preseason. You know that he's going to be the heir apparent. It's just a matter of time, but it's not happening against Miami. It's just not. And I, I just uh, don't know what the rush is. I mean, if anybody right, said to John. me, hey, you can, have a, you can have all of this money and you don't even have to work for the first year, I'd be like, sure. Right. Well, there's uh, that's one thing. But you're right. There is no rush. There's, there's, there's no rush. He's not going anywhere. And, you know, and to be quite frank, um, and again, I know people don't like Cam Newton, and I get that. Um, there's there's uh, no benefit to making him go out there quickly. There, it, there's just not. I read an interesting story out of uh, Nesson uh, this morning. And I... And- <clears throat> Again, it's like one of those stories where you say to yourself, is that really true or is that not true? I love their bread, by the way. Yes, uh, that would be, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. Oh, Nissan. And those cars, those Nissans, those those are pretty, they they hold their value well. Uh, Whew, glad I came down. The Houston Texans are finally looking to trade Deshaun Watson. Yes. And Miami appears to be the front runner Hmm. in this situation. Now, Nick Casario is now the general manager. Uh, with the uh, with the Texans, he's looking to make this trade because Deshaun Watson's coming with a huge bag. He's got all of legal issues, legal issues, and they sure. want to they want to get rid of him and get some value out of him. Yep. The uh, Miami appears to be hmm. the uh, the uh, the lead prospect in making this trade. Now, in, in the Nesson story, they're saying that Casario, like many of Bill Belichick's proteges, yep. is afraid to make this trade to anybody playing in the Patriots division and that That's has interesting and that has been time and time again yeah guys who have worked for Bill Belichick do not want to piss Bill Belichick yeah. off even after <laughs> they're no longer working yeah with Bill Belichick and part of me is saying does Bill Belichick really have that much pull on what other teams do anymore I would. I mean, I wouldn't think so. Um, you know, he he's taught these guys how to how to think and and how to make decisions like this. You know, I mean, if if uh, put it to you this way, if Casario thinks that he needs to get um, needs to trade Deshaun Watson to a particular team, he's he, you know that's coming. Bill Belichick taught him how to make moves like that, but he's not he's not afraid of Bill Belichick. I don't think so either. But there have been some statements from Casario yeah. that suggest that. Bill Belichick is in the back of his head on this one, yeah, and and knows that there would be ramifications. But even if he goes to Miami, I don't believe Deshaun Watson gets a chance to play. They've play, already they, got they've the, got a, they've got the, their quarterback of the future in, and, in Tua. In Tua, and Tua doesn't have uh, the chance of going to prison. So not, at, least, at, at least at least not, not yet. yet. Exactly. At least not yet. So it's it's, it's a wild story, and you you read it. And I'm going, okay, I understand. He's maybe the greatest coach of all time, but was. No, he still is the greatest coach of all time. Yeah, but huh. do you still put that much weight on his reactions as how other teams deal with their own rosters? It just doesn't seem plausible. It doesn't seem plausible. I'll, I'll like I said, I'll bet when these guys go to make moves that Bill Belichick is probably one of the first guys they call for advice on things. But they're not making you know they're not m- making moves you know based on whether he's going to get mad at him or not. I know. I think the best thing. Listen, the best thing about the the upcoming football season is we you know we've been talking about young quarterbacks. There are so many good ones out there right now. I can't wait to see how um, how Jacksonville makes out. Chicago's got a got a, a great um, a great young quarterback. It, it, it's it's a it's going to be a great year to watch football. Yeah, and John, I, and for all the uh, the negative uh, uh, 
stuff you've been saying about how the Patriots are never going to win another championship. Hmm. The Patriots have done everything right in this offseason. They have everything. spent huge amounts of money. On, uh, in ways they've never spent. Yep. On on free agency, yep. they they did very, very well in the draft, and now they get to pick and choose who stays, who goes, yep. and are there enough weapons for either one of these quarterbacks to make a real go at it. And I think it's very hard to say that the Patriots haven't done what they needed to do to head into the season. Yeah, but I think back to that, I mean, you know, we all we all learned a hard lesson and and took our uh, our medicine as, as if you're a Patriots fan. And, you know, and from a business standpoint, so did they. That, after what they've accomplished, last year doesn't fly. And they, they took a good hard look at themselves and they spent big, big money. Um, and like you said, they don't, they just do not behave this way, but they needed to get themselves back in the picture. And, and now they are. Well, I'm sold. <laughs> you'll watch. <laughs> no, you'll I'll watch. watch. Of course I'll watch. You'll watch. Yeah. yeah. But you'll be the first, but you'll be the first one to say the sky is falling if it doesn't go your way in the first yep. week. Well, as you are with the Red Sox. Well, that's that's different. The Red no. Sox have got a long-standing history of disappointment and uh, no. and disaster. Well, uh, so do the Patriots before Tom Brady. And now that Tom Brady's gone, that's what we're back to. Ah, well, uh, yeah. Again, I I think um I th- <clears throat> I think some somewhere John between here and there lies the truth. Uh, I I think they're I think they're set up to have a uh, to have a re- a really good year. Yeah. And we'll find out in a couple yes, weeks. That's where yeah. it starts. Yes, we will. So, so right now, right now, if the Major League Baseball season ended today, that would be cool. The Yankees, <laughs> the Yankees, and the Red Sox would play a one-game wild card playoff to see who moves on in yeah. the tournament. So that's where that's where we sit right now. <clears throat> well, and they're they're about to play Tampa. Which uh, it, you know, which, if they're if they've got any chance of doing anything, they've move, got, they've, they they cannot get swept. They by can't. Tampa. Get, they yeah. cannot get swept. I saw this story on the news the other night. Uh, it, it was about the it was about COVID, and and it was about the overworking of uh, emergency rooms at, at hospitals. And it was interesting because they were interviewing this one doctor who was saying, uh, did, "Did the Red Sox just play the Yankees in New York?" Uh, not just, but fairly recently. Yeah, yeah, and he was saying, <coughs> excuse me, how backed up you know the ERs are now because of COVID, and then he's like, and all we need now is for the Red Sox to come and have a series against the Yankees because every time they do, there are all these fights in, in the stand. I mean, they they showed like five yes. or six videos yep. of people just going at it in the stands. <laughs> yeah. And they said the the ER visits spike every time the Red Sox come to town. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh yeah, that they, the, the Red Sox were in New York the last time they 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 played. Uh th- that would that kind of activity would never happen at Fenway. Oh, oh yeah. No, way no. too respectful. But I'll right. tell you I'll tell you what John, you know, John is right to bring that up. I mean, there's always there's always been that, you know, kind of uh, shenanigans that goes on when the two teams meet. That series was was really crazy over the top because it seemed like a couple of times in every single game, somebody was get getting after someone else. I, I, it's it has been a while since we've seen that kind of thing. Yeah, no, it's it's, and you always remember the the good times. You know, you oh, do yeah. remember you, the you good. Do. You do. Yeah, do. Pedro Martinez knocking Don Zimmer down on the yep. ground. Yeah, Jason Veritek and uh, and A Rod. Yeah. Come on, and the and, list goes on. And, well, you remember Craig Nettles. You remember <laughs> it, assuming you don't end up with CTE from playing. It. Right. Well, there is that too. Last week, uh, Chris Sale became only the second player in baseball history to have three uh immaculate innings yes. in his career that that 
having one immaculate inning is remarkable. Having three is almost you know it, it, it's almost unbelievable that and, they and, can do it. And he was the, and he was the last one to do it. So he's the last two innings that have happened like that have both been done by him. And and, and I, you to, know and to do it from a surgically repaired elbow on top of that, no doubt. And he's pitching again on Wednesday night against Tampa. But for anyone who doesn't know, an immaculate inning is is nine pitches. Nine strikeouts, um, three strikeouts, in, three, uh, in yeah, in, inning over. Nine yeah. strikes, inning over. Yeah, hard to do. Hard to do. Rarely happens, but so it is a <laughs> so it's a no hitter. But yet those are happening more often than ever before. Yeah, and and speaking of that, the the uh, uh, Red Sox uh, rookie Tanner Houck, uh, uh, uh no hitter until the sixth inning. Gives up a home run and a couple of runs. Red Sox still have the lead, and then the bullpen just you know gave it all away again. Well, that, that and a interference call, which is which I still have. To, I need like a like a, some some legal pads. I and didn't abacus. see that backs. So so basically, uh, the, uh, the the second baseman, uh, when I don't have the name for the whatever I'm brain farting on the name, uh, bumps into the base runner, and uh, a double is hit. So he's running to home. They they make the tag at home, but because of the interference, right. they reverse the call and they give him the run, which was the go ahead run of the game. Yep. So it's like, oh come on, that could have gone either way. Yep. And they're saying that he may have been bumped by uh by the pitcher yeah, who was you- covering third as well. So it's like, you know, there were actually two interferences uh in this in this o- inning. Oscar Mercado? Yes, yeah. and just like you know, it's like, come on, man! The, yeah, you know, listen, all the that, stupid things you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna give a go-ahead run to that guy yep. against the beloved Boston Red yeah, Sox. How of course, dare you? Of course, how dare you? No, man, that stuff happens. That's why those rules are in place. Rules, yeah. But Who I'm, needs rules? Yeah. A bunch of bogus. Uh, you know, do-gooders. Can't believe rules. we're still relying on a system full of rules. Yeah, no kidding. Whatever to the whatever to a good lawless. Uh, rule society like professional hockey. Hey, yeah, you there said, you go. Just throw the book out. Scott Cohen, we will talk to you next week. You bet. Awesome. It's uh, 726 on Rock 102. Bye, Dad. Hi. It's 729 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. I don't know why I can't remember what the hell the story was about uh, over the weekend on Mass Live, but... Um, Oh, it was about it was about uh, they passed a new law in Massachusetts that judges who had previously and forever uh, had lifelong terms is now being cut down to five years. Going from lifelong to five years. That's a pretty big deal. Is that uh, are they looking to do turn over to like an election type of system? Uh, where Judges are elected. I don't think so. I'm not sure. But they are going to have term limits, and they and they interviewed a bunch of uh, local politicians for this article, including uh, Bud Williams, who had a, a very interesting quote that I, I've never heard before. He said, "I'm not making any aspersions, but ducks pick ducks, white people pick white people, ducks pick ducks." I've never heard that phrase before. I never did either. Hmm. And, and, you know, Bud is the one who's got the, the, he coins phrases all the time. Jesus is the season. Right, of course. You know, the reason for the season. Yes. Ducks pick ducks. Um, He's like our Socrates. 
Socrates. Huh? Socrates. No, he's he's more like a Socrates. Maybe. Or like a Sucrets. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Soothing. <laughs> But requires a certain amount of suckage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know that to be uh, to be accurate, and I don't know if that gets resolved by a five year term. Yeah, you yeah. know, because I mean, there's a lot of people who would then become judges who probably shouldn't be judges. If you know what I'm talking about, I don't, but I do know now that ducks pick ducks. The more you know, you learn something new here every day. It's 731. News is next to Rock 102. Yesterday, I grabbed some takeout from 7Bs out in Westfield at the corners of Route 734 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. All month long, receive 40% off installation, windows, doors, and Yankee Home signature one-day bath system. Always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Ida is now a tropical storm after spending 16 hours as a hurricane over Louisiana and Mississippi. Residents are now waiting for, uh, well, I mean, daybreak is happening now for rescues from flooded areas to begin to, and damage to be assessed. Power remains out for the entire city of New Orleans, taking down the backup system for the city's pumps. Ida's storm surge pushed so much water into the month uh, to the mouth of the Mississippi that it reversed the flow of the mighty river. Reverse the flow. Yeah, it goes from uh, north to south. Now it's going south to north. That's what? that's crazy. Uh, I was just watching the Today Show um, during the commercials, and they were showing because uh, it is still dark, or at least it was twenty minutes ago in New Orleans, and they were on uh, you know Bourbon Street, and just no lights, just completely dark. And they also were talking about a a, a hospital in uh, Tiptoe, Louisiana, and um, Remember that uh, from Duckbill uh, South? Yes. Thibodeau, Louisa. Thibodeau is actually what it is. And and the hospital there lost power and then lost their generators as well. Oh. They said they've got they've got doctors and nurses manually pumping oxygen into patients who are, you know, using uh, lung blowers. You mean like respirators? Yeah, yeah, those, those things. Yeah. Right. Lung blowy thingies. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was that was what Kramer was discussing with uh, his lawyer. As long as I'm on a lung blower. Hey, it was like uh, let's see. Uh, after last year's pandemic related to ca- related cancellation, the Cummington Fair. Mm-hmm. That's a it, it returned. Oh, returned. It returned. Okay. Well, I'm just reading it the way it's written. That's oh, I all. See. I see. <laughs> the Cummington Fair was back, baby. That's what it should say. And we and and we didn't talk about this on Friday, attracting what uh, some described as record crowds. I had no idea the Cummington Fair was oh, it's uh, a big going to be in town until after Friday afternoon. Then didn't we talk about it like a week or two ago? No, that was the Middlefield Fair. Oh, I don't know how I would have confused Cummington with Middlefield. Well, uh, you got that special rock in Cummington. It's called Cummingtonite. I I know, I know. That's why uh, that's why I would have thought. I remembered us talking about that again mm-hmm. recently, and that's why I thought we had mentioned the Cummington Fair. This is mostly like a uh, like a local craft fair, or is it uh, more of like a uh, an agricultural know, thing? Because if it's a food thing, I mean, I don't know if anybody would want to go to the, the Taste of Cummington. Well, I'd love to go to the Taste of Cummington, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, you're saying you'd love to go to the Taste of Cummington. And then I would go uh, straight to Athol right after that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or maybe I'll go to Athol first and then go to Cummington. (laughs) you got to choose wisely. What about in the winter in Cummington? Do they do a lot of snowball fights? 
Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, right. uh, mostly effective when you spend a weekend in Dennis, if you know what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. But they don't promote it very much. It's all word of mouth. Uh-huh. Yarmouth. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. that's what I'm talking about. I don't know exactly. I've never been to the Cummington Fair. I've been to the Middlefield Fair. The Middlefield Fair seems to be pretty elaborate for a, you know, a regional rural fair with the rides and, you know, all that stuff. Right. Uh, the Littleville Fair, that's the one in, in Huntington. Uh, well, I guess it's really a... Ch- I don't know what the hell town it's in, but it's like in that area. Oh, man. And that's the tiny one. Really? Yeah. That's where they have like, uh, you know, local artwork displayed and uh, uh, chicken competitions. Oh, yeah. And chicken like- competitions. You mean yeah. like cockfighting? Uh, co- no, not cockfighting, but... Yeah. Uh, just chicken, like, like a, chicken beauty contest. Yeah, look at this. Yeah. Uh, look at this beautiful uh, yeah. breasted chicken. Yeah, bobbing, weaving, talking trash. I'm looking at the uh, Cummington Fair website, and uh, the very first page is the Western Mass Lumberjack Competition. I'm a lumberjack and, oh. and I'm okay. Yeah. I sleep all night and work all day. And there's a there is a team here, you know, with with one of them big long saws where where the team members two two person teams. On either ends of the saw, cutting through a very, very thick uh, piece of wood, mm. and and it's a male and female team. It's a it's a coed coed team. Wow, co-ed. Yeah. I would have thought they'd have male competitions and female competitions, but no, this is a male and female. Uh, partners. I cut down trees. I eat my lunch. I go to the lavatory. On Wednesdays, I go shopping and have buttered scones for tea. Yeah, great stuff. I'm sure. I'm sure they sung that just before the competition. You know, this week is uh, Festa in, uh, oh, in yeah? Ludlow. Yep. I'll be uh, the, inf- oh, the event that you stole from me. I didn't steal nothing from you. I didn't steal anything. Whoa! I'm you... the one who used to do the intros. Yeah. Well, then uh, actually, I believe you and I did them together. And then there was one year where we couldn't do it, and Steve got it. No, no, Suddenly, no, 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 he no, no, thinks no. He's, he owns this thing. No, I no. did it first for like three years in a row. Then I couldn't do it. Then you did it. And then all of a sudden, it's all yours. Well, but no, the right, because first. then I was doing it by myself for a couple of times. Yeah. And now and now it's back to you again? It's back to me? Well, a minute. Well, f- the Friday night. Were you doing the Saturday night? I was doing whatever night uh, Great Escape was playing. Yeah, yeah, that was the. I used to do that. All I right. used to do the intro for that. Well, what can I say, Steve? They gave it to me one day, one year, and all of a sudden I got the right of first well, refusal. I don't know how I didn't get the right of second refusal. Well, you're uh, immune compromised. You I can't be in crowds like that. Stand on a stage outdoors. I did it the other day in uh, in Chicopee. Introduced the Van Halen band. Man, was that worth it? I bet it was. Oh man, you should have seen this guy. He was uh, just like Diamond Dave. He he. Uh, I'll tell you what. First of all, fifty-one years old, and uh, you know the shirt came off by the second song. Sure. And uh, I would have liked to have been in that kind of shape at twenty-one. The shirt came off. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Was he wearing like tight spandex pants yep. as well? Yep. Uh, was he talking endlessly, like no. in like in a like in a coke fueled tirade, the no. way David Lee Roth used to do? Thankfully, uh, thankfully, he did not. Even uh, even spending the evening in Chesapeake did not make him do that. The hey, again, Chesapeake you know, Festival, the, 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 the confusion of it all. It's like you know, you're on the road, you're you're doing one town after another. Yeah. It's hard to keep track of it all. I don't know if it was so much that as uh, he just uh, you know mispronounced it. 
Chesapeake and well, Chicopee sound great. That's why I asked you about the coke-fueled coke tirade. I mean, mm. that's something that Dave Lee Roth would have done. Yeah, no, this guy didn't do that, thankfully. Chesapeake, huh? And I'll tell you, the, the Yeti Van Halen guy uh, looked very much like him, although the David Lee Roth guy had his own hair. The Yeti Van Halen guy uh, was kind of, I think he was wearing a wig. Mm. But he still looked like him. But more animated than he is today. Far more. Good. Yes. That makes for a better show. Mm-hmm. You want uh, you want to hear five signs that you're underpaid? Yes. Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Your salary is lower than the online average. Sites like Glassdoor.com can give you an idea what people with similar jobs in your area are making. That's eh, kind of not re- you can't really compare that because yeah, there's nobody around here. No, since they're all regionalized morning shows now. Regionalized. Yeah. They is a uh, is beloved local radio morning show even a category? I don't even think that is. Mm. I haven't even checked it out. But anyway, uh your job duties have changed but your pay has not. Some bosses try to be sneaky and give you more responsibility without compensating you for it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the truth. Some aren't even sneaky about it. No, they're just be like, "Oh, we're just going to give you more stuff yeah. to do and uh no you pay. Can suck it." Yeah. Your benefits suck. A more modest salary might be okay, but if you're only getting, uh, if you're getting, uh, but only if you're getting great health insurance, a ton of time off, or things like a 401k matching, which we have nothing of. We have a 401k match, not a ma- well, not really. A, it's, a contribution. It's a, it's a match up to a certain right. amount, which in this case I believe is fifteen bucks, if and they, pretty good health insurance. Yeah, the match if they decide to match it. They don't have to match it. Right. right. Well, they do here. The health insurance, I don't think is that great. Well, as someone who has certainly used it uh, quite extensively in the last decade, I would say I'm uh, I'm pretty satisfied with it. Yeah, but the amount of money that you spend for that, who does somebody who doesn't Oh, have I have no idea what comes ailments. out of my check. <laughs> no well, idea. Don't you figure that out no. every year when you have uh... No. No. Uh, you have... it usually says it right Right on the paperwork, oh, yeah, how much no, you're going to have to spend. Yeah, no, I know, I know it's written there. I just I just don't look at it. You haven't gotten a raise in years. Unfortunately, you might have to ask for one. A lot of employers won't even give cost of living raises until you actually force the issue. Uh, the company you work for has gotten bigger, but your salary has stayed the same. And com- Leon's getting larger. larger. Uh, if the company is growing, your paycheck should grow too, especially if you've been there for years. Mm-hmm. Are you listening to this, sucker? Let's come let's come up with these rules. You know the, the regular uh, business world doesn't pay attention to this kind of thing. Uh, I would like to think that uh, for all the people from corporate that listen to this show, you should be hearing my uh, my woes and my pay. And my, my, you should be hearing all of that. Don't don't invite Cohen back. <laughs> yeah, please. In any way, on a permanent basis. Uh, today is National Beach Day. Beach Day? Yeah. It's practically the end of summer. But don't celebrate it like this. A 34-year-old woman named Christina Revels Glick. Wasn't it? Oh, it was Todd Gack. That's yes, what I was thinking. Right. I believe it's uh, Dutch. Well, anyway, she was recently caught pleasuring herself on a beach near Savannah, Georgia. Uh, she laid out on a towel, sat down on it, took out a vibrating love toy out of her backpack, and went to town. Fiddling the little man in the canoe, if Is you this will. why you did the story now? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it sounds like there weren't a lot of people around, but it did happen in broad daylight. At least one person did see it and called the police. Well, They say she was only there for a few minutes, but they could hear what was going on because she was very loud about it. Once again, uh, all kinds of different um, tubes uh, provided in certain places on the Internet. Mm. 
uh, that uh, indicate there are a lot of women who uh, are pleasuring themselves in public. But in this case, it is not Mm. clear whether or not there was a camera crew filming her doing this. Yeah, it's not a camera crew. Many of the ones uh, I had uh, accidentally seen yesterday were uh, were people doing selfies. Right. One hand being used for the phone, the other hand being used for a device. Again, that's not uh, a good enough justification to actually do it on a beach. Well, no, some were, uh, I believe one was uh, the first class section of a plane. Uh, another one was a fitting room of a store. Uh, another one was the car. Hey, no. uh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyway, police tracked Christina down to the nearby bar, so it sounds like she'd taken a break from drinking to go do her thing. Or she <laughs> took a break from her thing <laughs> to, to go, go do, do some, some drinking. drinking. Well, no, because she admitted to it, uh, but she said she thought it wasn't a big deal because it, quote, only took her 20 seconds. Well, my goodness. That's the kind of woman you want. Yeah. Around. 20 seconds and then we're drinking? They charged, Come on, baby. They charged her with indecent exposure and disorderly conduct. Well, but they, so somebody saw her. Right. And and called the police. Yeah. And, and then she, by the time the police got there, she was in a bar. Yeah. By the time the police came, she had already come in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it took, it took the cops 30 seconds to get there. Yeah, right. They're like, <laughs> 10 seconds behind you. <laughs> Did they have to dust for any fingerprints? I don't think they did. They but bring in a sniffing dog? No, but she admitted to the whole thing, so All that's right. why they didn't have to do any of that stuff. I, I have to tell you, the smoking gun has a picture of this woman. Mm-hmm. She's not bad looking. She's not bad looking. I mean, if you were going to well, see someone on the beach uh, doing this, there are much worse uh, things to see. All the ones I saw yesterday were pretty good looking, too. Yeah. Which uh, brings a callback to one of my favorite jokes of all time. Mm. And that is, Steve? Why don't women drink beer at the beach? I don't know, Steve. Why don't women drink beer at the beach? Because they keep getting sand in their schlitz. (laughs) 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 You know, the picture I'm seeing of the woman is uh, the Scream uh, artwork. Yeah, look to the right. That's Lindsay Lohan. No, that is not Lindsay Lohan. That's, uh, I think you're... I'm think- on the smoking gun, and yeah. the uh, the screen picture is woman busted for pleasure session Dude, on beach. Click on the uh, on the story. Uh, okay. All right. Well, that's different. I thought it was just a woman screaming on the no, beach. They're no, they're showing a mugshot of Lindsay Lohan on the right side of the page, mm-hmm. and then the story in the middle: woman yeah. busted for pleasure session on beach. Yeah, she looks pretty good. She looks a little bit like uh, Justine Bateman, a little bit. In Justine. That- Masturbate. That's the ironic part of this yeah. whole thing. She looks yeah. just like Justine Bateman. Hey, now. Yeah, I'm saying. I'd give like her 20 it. seconds. All right. You're a Pioneer Valley forecast. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her for only needing 20 seconds. Yeah. yeah. Your Pioneer Valley forecast brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. Going to see uh, cloudy skies today with scattered thunderstorms possible, severe at times, a high of 81. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 81. It's 72 right now in downtown Springfield. Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 754 and Motley Crue in Rock 102. Uh, Not a great day today, although certainly not as bad as they saw down in New Orleans. But um, cloudy with a chance of rain and could be some wind to mix in there as well. Uh, High in the low 80s. Tomorrow, dry but cloudy and low 80s. It's uh, 72 
in downtown Springfield. You no, know, you ever find yourself missing a Bax and O'Brien show? You could panic, and that would be uh, that would be too too bad because uh, the daily podcast is available every single day. I mean, you you don't have to work your way into a tizzy. You just go to BaxandO'Brien.com. You can download it for free, put it on your mobile device, listen to it wherever and whenever you choose to listen. It's also available on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. And also check out Baxi's musical podcast. My guest this week is Fee Wable of the Tubes. In fact, the Tubes are coming through Massachusetts in October. Two shows, one in New Bedford, one at uh, in Salisbury. And uh, you can also check out some of the other uh, interviews, too, with like Andy Summers of the Police and Jerry Casali from Devo and many, many more. Because, uh, God willing, we will keep making those uh, podcasts because we're vaccinated. There's... Um Another story that I saw this morning of yet another anti-vaxxing radio show host who has passed away at the age of 65 after 30 years on uh, a a station in Ormond Beach, Florida. One of these guys who, again, you know, spent most of his time on the air telling people not to get the vaccine. And And then it winds up uh, biting him in the ass. Yeah. It's the third one. Yeah, well. It's the third one in less than a month. Hopefully uh, that'll be the end of that. Yeah. And maybe we'll start uh, paying attention and taking this seriously again. Well, unfortunately, we don't know what we are talking about. No, of course not. But either do the people that claim that we don't know what we're talking about. I don't know about that. They, <laughs> they seem to be experts. No, no one is an expert except science. We're not paid to be experts. Yeah. Even if we were experts, we wouldn't be expert enough. To explain the science, because yeah. we're idiots. Well, there are openings. It's uh, seven fifty-seven with Bax and O'Brien of Rock One Hundred Two. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, there you go. The Patriots' preseason schedule is now over. All you have to do now is wait and see which deadweight do nothings are going to get the cut from the team and which ones are not. Now, with the Patriots beating the Giants last night by a score of twenty-two to twenty. Many of you, I'm sure, are left with a lot of questions. Some of these questions include what to do at the quarterback position, because as of right now, nobody really cares that the Patriots have to trim their 90-man roster to just 53 players by tomorrow afternoon at 4. In other words, while the rest of you are exclusively focused on whether Bill Belichick is going to start Cam Newton over rookie Mac Jones when the Patriots officially begin their regular season on September 12th against the Miami Dolphins, Bill Belichick is kind of busy wondering how he's going to whittle down the roster and destroy hopes and dreams of nearly 37 anxious men who would much rather stay. But since the rest of you are so focused on the quarterback situation, because apparently that's the only thing that matters, let me see if I can correctly predict exactly what's going to happen between now and the first game of the season. It's like this. I predict there'll be a good chance that Bill Belichick already has a pretty good idea of who the starting quarterback is going to be. And I also predict that Bill Belichick will keep that information to himself and refuse to share with anybody until the last possible second. I say this because over the last 21 years, that's all Bill Belichick ever does. So if you're going to fixate over who gets the call over whom, I would suggest finding yourself with something else to do. Go for a walk. Take a nap. Make a sandwich because there will be nothing to learn here until Bill Belichick is damn well ready to let everyone know. And right now, he's a little distracted, squashing souls and ruining lives, at least until tomorrow afternoon at 4 o'clock.
But hey, and if I'm my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware, the DeWalt cordless soft, $100 deals at Rocky's with your Ace Rewards card. It's a DeWalt $100 deals going on right now. You save 30 bucks on five DeWalt power tools. The August sales flyer is on Rocky's website and loaded with bargains like a DeWalt $100 deals going on right now at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102. Fields Classic Rock. It's 8-11 and Queen on Rock 102. Uh, let's see. Cloudy today. Chance of showers. Actually, rain, thunderstorms, and wind. And that's not even Ida. Uh, a high of 83. It is 71, 72 actually in downtown Springfield. Speaking of Ida, uh, watching more coverage on uh, the Today Show. And they're talking about... Um, First of all, kind of interesting, yesterday when it hit New Orleans or hit Louisiana, 16 years to the day of Hurricane Katrina, they say that there are thousands of people trapped in their homes, in the attic in some cases. And what I can't figure out is, like New Orleans, they say, is completely without power. The entire city, no power. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, uh, one hospital they talked about lost its generator as well. You got doctors and nurses manually pumping oxygen into patients. Um, but you've also got a lot of people live on Facebook or Twitter or, uh, any, any one of these, any number of, uh, social media outlets. And it's kind of like. I'm wondering how. I mean, I don't know how much down south they have underground lines of internet, but I right. mean, if the power's out and these phone lines and electrical electrical lines are down, how are they getting phone service? I honestly don't know. Uh, I you, you know, maybe they're near generator power, and you know, maybe, but I don't know how you, I don't know how that happens. Yeah, I know when we you know when we lost power. A few years ago, and I was living in East Long Meadow. My phone was basically useless because, you know, we had no we had no power. Internet was down. Uh, cell phone service in certain parts of East Long Meadow was pretty spotty anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, we just happened to live in a house that uh, had no <laughs> no digital footprint whatsoever. So uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't know how they how they do that unless you know they take their videos and once they get to an area that does have Wi-Fi still available, um, you know, then they can upload that stuff. But you look at some of those videos and consider the fact that about a week ago, that might have been us had uh, Hurricane Henri not been such a wuss. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they were yeah. talking you know, when when they were talking about that storm hitting you know, the Northeast. I mean, they were talking about it being pretty devastating. Mm-hmm. And we, for whatever reason, really, you know, lucked out and it, it fizzled just the, almost the second that it hit land. You know, when it comes to like New Orleans or the Carolina coastline or, you know, anything down in the, in the, the you know, the southeastern part of the country, which, you know, gets hit almost every single year from a hurricane, um, you would think, well, why aren't they better prepared for this, especially after a Katrina? Where you know New Orleans was uh, was severely damaged in the in that storm, but mm-hmm. I you know the, I, I in, depending on the kind of storm you're talking about and the travel it uh, you know the, the travel route it takes, I think there's only so much you can actually do to prepare for a storm like that. The other thing that's uh, kind of unfortunate 
as this happens, it's it's going to there's going to be a lot of people injured that will need to go to the hospital in the midst of this pandemic. Where down south you have more people that are unvaccinated than you do up here. And uh, one of the other stories I saw this morning is parts of the South are running out of oxygen. Hospitalizations are soaring, primarily driven by the unvaccinated and a dangerous variant. And several hospitals in Florida, South Carolina, Texas, and Louisiana are struggling with oxygen scarcity. Some of them are at risk of having to use their reserve or running out entirely. Um Normally, an oxygen tank would be about 90% full, and the suppliers will let them get down to about 30 40% before they refill them. That gives you about a three- to five-day cushion. Uh, what's happening now is they're getting down to 10 to 20%, which is only a one- or two-day cushion, and they're having trouble because of backfilling. So They know, can't even get the front filling. Yeah, they're lucky to get in. They ain't going to get any of it. Uh, but man, oh man, you know, oxygen, you're running out of oxygen. You're running out of oxygen, you know, basically because of the supply. You have roads that are impassable. So even if you have, you know, a truck loaded with replacement gas of oxygen, they may not be able to get through to every hospital and shelter that requires it. But the so, whole atmosphere is filled with oxygen. We're breathing oxygen all day. Yeah. But can't just uh, grab that in a, in a tank or something well you'd like to think so but it's not as simple as just putting it in a in a tank mm-hmm. you don't just do it that way and and unfortunately you know people are you know suffering all kinds of of health risks because of the damage that's happened on top of everything else that's happened during the pandemic so we also don't bottle atmospheric oxygen no it's it's, it's a uh, more pure oxygen yeah, so yeah. and there's a lot of stuff in air that they don't really put in the tanks. Speaking of uh, breathing or uh, the COVID or that, uh, East Longmeadow has uh, instituted a uh, a mask mandate. Not just the schools. Indoors, the anywhere. Indoors, anywhere, public. And any public building, uh, you're supposed to be wearing a mask indoors now here in East Longmeadow. Longmeadow, of course, perfectly fine. No need. Yeah, breathe free yeah. in Longmeadow. Yeah. No but, need to worry about that there, but, but here in East, in East Longmeadow. In East Longmeadow, which is the other side of the tracks. Yes, exactly. Um, you got to protect yourself because people in East Longmeadow are unsightly and dangerous. Yep, yep. And, uh, you know, well, school's you know, starting I, in a lot of other places, too, uh, today, and kids are going to be wearing masks in school. Oh, yeah. Yep. The cla- I know classes start uh, in Springfield, uh, and the kids are wearing masks. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I you know for a hot minute or two, I was like leaving the house without a mask, thinking, "Well, it's we've got a handle on this stuff." Now it's there's always one in my pocket, always. And, and you know, it used to be, and and I know a lot of people still do this. I mean, I used to have a, I used to have a mask that was on a, a clips that was on a band that went around the back of my neck, so that when I wanted to take it off, I just drop it, you know, and it would just go down to your chest. Uh, chest area right. and and then hang there um this second time around i'm i'm just using the um you know the normal uh blue accordion type ones and and i have one everywhere 
It's like I have one in every jacket I wear, every pair of pants I wear. I have several in the car. I have a couple on the bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just I just keep them all there as opposed to going back to this uh, this little doohickey that keeps it with me all the time because I'm only wearing it when I go indoors publicly. You know, where before when we were just wearing it all the time, you know, that was when you you were kind of more physically attached to it. But yeah, I, I yeah, I'm at the point now where I feel like I need to order uh, some new ones. Like mm-hmm. all all my old ones are starting to get a little uh, you know worn out. Yeah, you know, we did the the uh, we did the you know the blue paper ones for a while, and I I, I want something a little bit more fashionable. Yeah, and, uh, fashion. You know, you wonder with uh, with everybody doing it at the same time whether you're going to be waiting you know eight to ten weeks to receive them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean with supply and shipping uh, delays all across the world right now, would yeah. I would I be getting what I need in a timely fashion? And then what's going to happen? You know. Uh, Pretty close to fall, and fall is pretty close to winter, and winter is pretty cold outside, and, you know, that's when we seem to have other surges. I mean, bad enough we're having this this late summer surge, uh, mid to late summer surge. Um, I, I would expect another one. In, in the cold months, well, depending on how many people get vaccinated there, between now and then. there There is that. And then, you know, this is also the time of year where allergies get even worse. So then people- Flu. Fl- flu the as flu. well. The flu as well. Yep. Of course, we saw last year, if you're wearing your mask, you may be less susceptible to catching the flu. Yep. But allergies, you know, for someone who suffers from seasonal allergies and has for years, you know, it-, it it presents itself like a really bad cold with a sore throat. Mm-hmm. And then you think, well, wait a minute. So does COVID. So does COVID. Yeah. So what is it? Is it allergies? Is it a cold? Is it COVID? And many people just assume, oh, well, then it must just be allergies. But then I know people who've made that assumption and they were wrong. Yeah, It was, in fact, COVID. So even if you think you're coming down with something, but you can't be sure, do yourself a favor and get tested anyway. And yet, and I'm not saying whether I will or I won't, I just can say that I haven't um, gotten a flu shot. I didn't last year, um, you know, and we talked about this, and even though, as we just mentioned, we had the lowest number of deaths from the flu last year right. than ever before because we were all wearing masks. Um, you know, and and common sense would say the immune compromised probably should be getting a flu shot. Um, I, I just, to, I just to, don't. I, I know, I know. And a lot, and I used to not do it either. But then once I got the flu a couple years ago, I thought, well, I'm not going to do that again. And I was at a CVS the other day, just picking up normal uh, prescriptions. And they said, do you want the flu shot? If I didn't need to go someplace uh, right away, I would have gotten it. Mm. Because to me, you know, I don't want the flu. I don't want something that's going to, you know, put me you know, on on the couch for five days, you know, shaking and shivering and and feeling like garbage. But on the other hand, I'm also thinking, hey, I'm going to be 55 pretty soon. I'm overdue for the shingles vaccine, also. So I'm like, yeah. I need to get uh, completely, uh, you know, vac. I need to I need to booster up on everything. So 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 people are going to be like, because I'm getting a lot of nasty emails. 
uh, in the last couple of weeks over this whole issue of the vaccination. And I, and I know people now will start sending me other nasty emails about uh, hypocrisy because I'm not getting the flu shot. I've long been eligible for the, sh- the shingles vaccine, and I, and I haven't gotten that either. Yeah. Um, I know I probably, I probably should get both. You, the, for some reason, you know, there's this psychological thing, I think, that gets into your head where you're like, okay, well, but how many people do I know that have had the flu? And, and you certainly know more of them than you would say, how many people do I know who had shingles? Well, my mom had shingles. And uh, it was not pleasant, but I don't know. I, I don't know why I don't just, I'm, I go to CVS all the time. Well, it's it's funny how we look to prioritize certain things, mm-hmm. but all of these vaccines have been available and have been deemed relatively safe. So you know, to me, it's just time to get it. If you're at a yeah. certain age, you're at a certain uh, you know, station in your life, and if you're at you know a certain level of health risk, then you should be seriously considering getting these things because, you know, even shingles, if it gets, you know, out of whack, could do serious damage. Yeah. You know, people get get it in their eyes. They go blind. You know, you know, people have like long term effects because of the shingles. You know, it, it, we we should be taking all of it seriously, not just one or the other or cherry picking which one we feel is the uh, the disease of the day. And I'm wor- so I'm worried about getting three needles stuck in me. You know, the shingles, the flu, and possibly the booster. Meanwhile, last night, I'm standing on shingles, possibly exposing myself to God knows how many bee stings, and yet I'm afraid to go and get uh, to go get vaccines. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Figure that one out. You can't. No, no sense to, to be made. No. It's 824 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Matthew O'Neill. It's 826 of Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Tomorrow on the show, uh, comedian Kathleen Madigan. She's going to be at Foxwoods on September 10th. This is a, uh, a show, a makeup date that was uh, that had been canceled due to COVID. So she'll be at the uh, the Great Cedar Showroom at Foxwoods on the 10th. And we'll be talking to her tomorrow morning. I am so nervous about doing something that I need to do. And I have been given information by a number of different sources that I can do it. And yet I'm so worried about it. And that is? I, I, I think I mentioned this uh, last week or maybe the week before about Airbnb. So I have uh, the Airbnb mobile app on my phone. And I also have it on my iPad. And the one on the phone has stopped working properly. I can't access my account on the one on the phone. I can on the iPad. But I don't carry the iPad with me everywhere I go. Right. So if someone's trying to get a hold of me, uh, I I have to wait until I get home, which can sometimes be hours. And and I'm a super host. Do you have so, a, do you have a like an update that hasn't been done yet? Well, no, no, it's not that. And and what I've asked and been assured of, but I'm still so nervous about it, is I can delete it on the phone and then reinstall it. Uh, without it deleting on the iPad. And the same phrase I keep hearing is because they're separate devices. But Yeah, I, because I, the, the app you're using is different between the device. So there's like there'd be like a Airbnb app for iPad and one for iPhone. They are they are they are they are different. 
but that's not a bad uh, solution. As long as you remember the login information and you know your password and everything, mm. you shouldn't have too much of a problem. I've had to do that a couple of times on, on apps that I use all the time that for whatever reason they stop working or you know they're just they're, they're not uh, they're not updating as much. Mm. You, you you take it off, reinstall, and then you should be ready to go. And it has no effect on the other device. No, but if it but even if it does, then you do the same thing to the other device. Mm. It's not that complicated. Mm. What are you so worried about? That's Why scary? You know you've used. Your phones, your iPads, and your computers for as long as anyone I know who owns those things. Uh And yet, I've never seen anyone so afraid to do anything on it. I'm more afraid of that than I was the bees. The the, the Airbnb app is not going to kill you. The the house bee and bees might have. Yeah, well, I, I think reinstalling the app is what you should do and if there's a problem with the one on the ipad you reinstall that one too i'm scared don't be don't be a wuss you can handle it it's 829 a rock 102 as a building professional you it's 8.32 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. Ida is now a tropical storm after spending 16 hours as a hurricane over Louisiana and Mississippi. Residents are now uh, assessing the damage. Uh, power remains out for the entire city of New Orleans, taking down the backup system for the city's pumps. Ida's storm surge pushed so much water into the mouth of the Mississippi that it reversed the flow of the mighty Mississippi. So how long is that going to be for? Until uh, uh, it decides to turn around. I mean, the Mississippi River, if I remember correctly, um, runs the entire length of the United States. Uh, well, yes, uh, from north to south. Yes, of course. Uh, yes, of course, north to south. Thank you. Uh, Where does it begin? I believe, uh, I- I'm looking it up right now. It uh, begins... Is the second longest river in the chief ridge, uh, river, the largest, second largest draining system in the north, uh, in North America, rather. Yeah, well, say that again. Yeah, I know. Uh, it seems to start at a lake in Minnesota to the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. So Minnesota mm. to Mexico. And now the water's all going to flow up to Minnesota. No, I don't think it does that. Well, you just said they reverse the flow. It just refers the flow in that area. I don't think uh, you know it's going to affect the entire river. Borders or passes through Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, Missouri, Kentucky, Tennessee, Arkansas, Mississippi, and Louisiana. Yeah, I don't think you're going to feel the, the the course being changed in Minnesota. I don't know if they start catching salmon. I'd be pretty surprised. The uh, hurricane made uh, landfall exactly 16 years to the day after Hurricane Katrina ravaged Louisiana and Mississippi. It's 150 miles an hour winds tied it for the fifth strongest hurricane to ever hit the mainland. You just blew my mind. Actually, the strongest hurricane I ever had was at John Lafitte's Black Shop down in uh, the French Quarter of New Orleans. Mm, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, has no power right now. It didn't need power. The only uh, that place was uh, like famous for not having electricity. It was all lit by candlelight. I oh. think the only electricity that they had in there was for the ice. It's gonna. That was gonna be my question. Yeah. At least have ice. 
But that was the uh, the only thing. The, the thing was actually a very. It's one of the oldest bars in in New Orleans. Crushed or cubed? Uh, cubed. Oh, that's, that's the that's good, good stuff. stuff. Yeah. But that was the guy where you know uh, I had taken a, a carriage ride through the French Quarter to this. Uh, was rusty? Now nah, you know what it was. It was like we could either take the professional tour or we could take the local Creole tour, mm-hmm. which we took the local Creole tour because that's the better one, you know. And the guy's driving around. He's like, "Yeah, over here you got uh, you got Pat O'Brien. It's the most famous hurricane in the city. I guarantee." Over here, uh, Jean Lafitte's blacksmith shop. It's got the strongest hurricanes in the city. And I'm like, "We're going there." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was uh, that was uh, that was it. Pretty powerful. Yeah, I uh, we had gotten um, this was going back years ago, probably 15 years ago now. We had gotten uh, two commemorative cups when you order this thing, right? All right. And then I said uh, to my wife, I said, listen, we can't have a set of cups without having four. Oh. So we each got another one. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, she said, uh, yeah, you know what? You really can't have a set of anything oh, without no. having six. Oh, six, right? yeah, man. Right. So uh, we came home with ten cups. And I don't remember anything after the third one. <laughs> yeah, that's the good. That was how strong yeah. that hurricane was. Now, what are they? What are they? Uh, I've never been in New Orleans, so what do they charge you for uh, for something like that? Well, surprisingly, it was only like seven dollars. Oh, that's a total for yeah. each one. That's and a total I thought, bargain. And I thought that was a bargain, considering like every other place on Bourbon Street was like ten dollars or more for you know a mixed drink. That's crazy time. It is crazy time, but it was good. By the way, uh, the reversal is already over. It only lasted a couple of hours. Oh, is that what I, yeah. Yeah, I told no, you? Yeah. It wasn't going to affect the entire thing. Well, no, it did. It, it infected the entire thing, but just for a couple of hours. All the way up to Minnesota. All the way up to the uh, the lake that they called the Great Gitchagumi? No, that's a, that's a lake. This is a river. Yeah, but you said it started in a lake. Yeah, I know. Northfield police continue to investigate a six-car accident Friday, which sent everybody in town to the hospital. (laughs) No. (laughs) One person to the hospital. A pileup occurred around 3.40 p.m. on the uh, Route 10 bridge. A total of eight people suffered minor injuries, but only one of the eight ended up being transported to Bay State Franklin Medical Center. An official report on the accident's cause is still pending. I'm sitting out on my deck yesterday afternoon, and uh, I can hear a helicopter coming by. And I go onto my um, I go onto my app that that tracks planes, my flight radar twenty four. Oh yeah. And I can, and I see the helicopter above me, and I you know I click on it to see what it is. It was Hartford Hospital's Lifestar, and it was coming from Worcester. So I don't know if it was at the UMass Medical Center up there, but then uh, all of a sudden I was like, you know what? Like five minutes later, because it was nineteen minutes. Over my house from Worcester. And I'm like, boy, I wonder how long it's going to take to get to Hartford Hospital. So a couple of minutes later, I go back and I look again. And it's hovering over the Mass Pike in Westfield. Mm. And I'm and you can see, it tells you also its height. Mm. And it was like 400 feet in the air. And I was waiting to see, you know, if it was going to land. And then I, I didn't see anything on the news. I haven't heard anything yet about any kind of a big crash on the Mass Pike in Westfield yesterday. Well, we'll hear about it three weeks from now. Yeah. We're 22 and to Mass Life finally catches up. I'm going to say it's like Thursday or Friday of this week. Yeah. Maybe. 
Yeah. It was actually kind of wild, just watching the thing hover there over the over the mass pike. Maybe it was just doing uh, tricks. <clears throat> well, I don't really think the Hartford Lifestar, Lifestar would normally, you know, even, I mean, I don't know, maybe if it's on its way back from Worcester and all of a sudden there's another need for a, a medical helicopter and they're right there anyway, they might say, you know, we can do we can do this, but we wouldn't normally be using the Connecticut medical helicopter. We have our own. Didn't uh, Ed McMahon host that show in the 80s, the Life Star Search? Uh, yeah, but <laughs> I don't believe it was the same. Uh, well, it was all about helicopters. No. Which right. could perform yeah. better maneuvers than the other one. He, he saved a bunch of careers by doing it. Thousands of Massachusetts residents could be looking for new places to live this week. The state's eviction moratorium expired over the weekend, just hours after the United States Supreme Court rejected the Biden administration's latest effort to reimpose a federal moratorium. The high court struck the original moratorium down earlier this summer. In a related story, close to 300,000 Bay State residents receiving extended unemployment benefits are expected to lose eligibility for those benefits when the program expires on September 6th. Then you get these lazy people back to work! If you're collecting three hundred extra dollars a week, that's why you don't want to stay at home. I was I was watching um, this story last night on the news about the moratorium ending, and you know they're interviewing this uh, uh, young lady who has I don't know three children I think it might be, and she's basically talking about she's going to be homeless. Uh, you know, uh, in the middle of a pandemic, she's got three kids and she's going to be homeless, and then. They do an interview with this very well-dressed, coiffed uh, white woman who is basically like, I can't wait to start handing out these eviction notices because I got, I think they said she had like 30 or maybe 50-something properties, rental properties. And, and and when you listen to her, I mean, you know, she comes off looking like Cruella DeVille, but if you listen to her, I mean, you you kind of understand. The landlords are in a bad position, too, because they still owe the mortgages and they're not getting the income from the rents. And it's a and it's a you know, it's a chain issue. Yeah. I mean, of course, you feel bad for someone who might be evicted and you feel less bad for a landlord. But the landlords have debt as well. The landlords are facing financial ruin here. And, and, and not to sound insensitive by, by any means, because I agree with you, most people don't really uh, have a whole lot of sympathy for a landlord, but there are many landlords whose only form of income are real estate properties. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the whole purpose of owning real estate, is to make money on it. And if you can't pay because the government has given everybody uh, these, uh, has lifted this, has this you know, banned on evictions, you know, what's a landlord supposed to do? Where do they get their money? Right. You know, at some point, their money is going to be due. And if you're refusing to pay your rent or can't pay your rent, everybody involved is in a tough spot. So, And when you have this, the eviction moratorium means that you can't throw someone out for not paying their rent. But when the crisis ends, is that back rent still owed? Yeah, it was supposed to be tacked on to like a like the end of it. Like if you had a lease or something for a year, you still had the. the I don't know if the lease would be extended. Kind of like mm. a mortgage. Yeah, it's uh, um, it, they tie it onto the back end of the uh, the loan. Huh. So yeah, you still have to catch up. 
Wow. No, and you know, a lot of people who've been on unemployment for this whole time are starting to realize, Making hey, wait a minute, three hundred extra dollars a week. Well, yeah, right. But a lot of people who are on unemployment, you know, are now starting to get the tax bills on that money too. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, now they're finding themselves in a much tougher spot than if they had just kept working. Wait a minute, you got to pay taxes. I thought, that, wouldn't it just be distributed to you with the taxes taken out already? You have to pay taxes on that money after the fact a lot of it depends on how you fill out your w-2s how much they withhold Mm. and you know sometimes the irs will say or sometimes sometimes unemployment will say we've paid you too much and so we want our money back no it's your fault it ain't free money that's your fault it is and that's why not a lot of people fully understand what's going on i guess then they're getting these now they're getting these tax bills and they're saying, "How did I? How did I suddenly owe twenty grand on all this unemployment?" It's like when the dealer accidentally pays you when you lost a hand of blackjack. I keep my mouth shut. Yeah, right. You don't. Yeah. Uh, yeah Except it, it's on you, right? Doesn't it become your Suppo- responsibility? If, well, if they catch it, uh, you do have to give the money back. If they catch it, right? Right. Toyota has suspended use of all of its uh, self-driving e-pallet transportation pods at the Tokyo Paralympic Games Village. That announcement coming over the weekend uh, after one of the vehicles collided with a visually impaired athlete. This collision has caused worry for a lot of people, and I am very sorry, Toyota Chief Executive Akoyo Toyota said. Uh, Wait a minute. His His name name is is Toyota? Toyota? It's like an ice cream man named Cone. What are the odds? Well, his name is spelled like Toyota, like a like a Toyota doll, T O Y O D A. I like that. Anyway, in a YouTube video, Toyota said the incident showed the autonomous vehicles are not yet realistic for not re- yet realistic for normal roads or blind communities. So why did this accident occur? I think we can say we weren't able to cope enough with this special environment for the Paralympics, where there are people who cannot see and have disabilities, mm-hmm. which means. It's not going to be suitable for anywhere. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't know how they wouldn't have tested that. You're going to be sending these things out to the Paralympic Village and not know whether or not these things will be safely operating around vision impaired people. Well, it was worth a shot. Yeah. <laughs> we tried. Well, just trying to get ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Had had product to move. <clears throat> We've uh, seen plenty of studies that say the size of a man's junk doesn't really matter much. So you can take this with a grain of salt. A new study in England found the length a of grain a grain of a grain of salt, Peter. Yeah, that's right. In England, <laughs> found the uh, length of a man's manhood might matter after all. Researchers had men in relationships wear big silicone rings around their junk that effectively made it shorter by preventing them from thrusting as far as they normally would. They used four sizes that decreased their length by different amounts. The biggest one uh, cut it down by a full two inches. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. These are our C-rings? They're like stoppers. Yeah. It's a, it's a C-ring that only goes around so far down the shaft. And it, uh, it's got like a little plunger stop thing on it, so you can't go any further. Oh, is it like, the, like that toy that the babies have? What? Well, you know, with like the, the circular donuts... And they're and they're stacked. It's like the it's like the onion rings at oh, uh, yeah, like at, the, at, uh, wait a at Red Robin. Red like Robin. Tower yes. of onion rings. Yeah. yeah. Of onion. Only it's only it's a, like a Fisher Price toy. 
Yeah, I don't think it looks like that. Uh, <laughs> their partner had to rate how pleasurable each sex session was without knowing which ring the guy had on. And sex with the biggest ring was rated at 38% less pleasurable. A few women in the study thought it was more pleasurable, though, so it's obviously not a one-size-fits-all thing. Apparently not. I guess and not. The, uh, the ring... The ring actually does look like those donuts on the, yeah. on the kid toy. <laughs> They're all, all different, like uh, the rainbow colors. Yeah, one's yeah. Uh, one's uh, one's really thick. Yeah. The next one's not so thick. Right. The one's not so thicker, and yeah. then the one's really thin. Sure, all yeah. the way up to the top. And yeah. and is there a is there a little pole in the middle that holds them all? Well, the only pole would be the man hammer that's uh, using it for the pleasure study. Yeah, if you yeah. will. This is great science. Yeah, play school. Hey, baby, who wants a between-the-leg JPEG, huh? <laughs> Bam! Check out my pleasure stick panda style, bitch. Okay. <laughs> what? Yeah. What do you mean? Okay. I, I I don't I don't really think he, what is even uh, <laughs> necessary. Oh, you never had your German battery? Oh ram, no! You see, oh, here we go. Oh, this storm, is obviously in your favor. You storm the rusty yeah. castle, oh, okay. castle with the <laughs> right. with the uh, the tummy tuck right. monocle. Yep. The butt rocket. Okay. <laughs> The Bolivian button oh, tomahawk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. thermometer. Yeah. What else hey, you got? Man. I'll tell you what I got. I got a forecast. It's going to be uh, cloudy <laughs> today with the chance of some thunder boom booms later on today. Oh, don't you start with that. Oh, come on now. Uh, high of 82 tomorrow. Uh, high of 82, but sunny. It's 73 right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 854 and Bon Jovi on Rock 102. Ain't going to be no Hurricane Ida residuals until later on this week, but today will be cloudy with thunderstorms and the chance of wind as well, uh, a high in the low 80s. It is 73 in downtown Springfield. So uh saw this list over the weekend, two of them actually, of uh, kind of – Catchy names for businesses. All right. Very, very creative. The, these first few are for, uh, like, hair salons. Heritage. Get it? Instead of heritage. 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 I get you. Airport. Yes. Hair, uh, airport. Yeah. Yes. Shearlock Combs. All right. So those are, those are all uh, creative. Julius Scissor. Well, there's another one. Yeah. Yes. Grateful Dreads. Uh, that's good, too. Yep. Yep. I'll cut you. <laughs> that's That seems a little... That seems a little violent. Yeah, that's a little, uh, that's mean, a little rugged. Obviously, it depends on the tone you put in it, but uh, uh, let's see. A bakery named Bread Pit. See, I like that idea. Yeah, I like that one. That's pretty good. I also like a bakery named Bread Zeppelin. <laughs> I can't see oh, whether there be any uh, conflict oh, no. there with trademark at no, all. No, no. A Middle Eastern restaurant and juice bar named Pita Pan. Oh, there you go. Yeah, That's a good one. Pita. Yeah, sure. An Asian restaurant named Titanic. <laughs> I like that. Too. All right. Okay. I love this. A, a, a wine store named Planet of the Grapes. Oh, I see. I like that one, too. Yeah. That's good. That's a, clever. A tailor named... So it seems, S E A M S. So yeah, it seems. Okay. Yeah, because because not only it's so, yeah. but seems. Exactly. They're, they're both. Yes. Yeah. Of course. A nail salon named Hand Job. 
<laughs> there you go. That seems a little pushy too. That's a little bit better than say like lucky nails, yeah. where like you know, I, am I gonna get good nails? I could be lucky. A furniture store named Shack of Sit. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that if uh, they were doing radio commercials, oh, yeah. how much we would butcher oh, that yeah. one. Yeah, they'd all have to be recorded. Yes, they would. Pre-recorded. Yes, they would. No, no live commercials with. Shack of Sit. Thank you. <laughs> it's 857 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. Rock 102.1 FM, 